it's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you are at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this show about the great sport of geocaching. If you are watching live on YouTube, you can be part of the adventure tonight in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so that you can get all of the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. If you would like to become a patron, click on the Become a Patron link on the front page of the Geocache Talk website or head over to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get the now famous blackout coins and other geocaching items during the year. Support levels start as low as the bison tube level, which is only $3 a month. Big thanks to Derek of Baker Six Clan and our featured patrons, Cash the Line, The Caching Dead New York, Nikul, Udak, JB Opto, Geovet91, Nitty Gritsky, E Ray Bowl, Hoffer 15, Vember, and our new patrons, Wards of Draw, Kazu Otters, Homer CF, BA Wag 75, Roomba Cats, Stark AZ, Fishing Kitty, Wendland Bunch, and Jasper E. I like that one. All right. Well, we're going to jump right in. We got a lot to cover tonight. So we're going to jump right into show 251, Chasing the Thrill. So we welcome to the show, Dan Barbarisi. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here, Gary. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, we've been talking for a while now <laughs> by email. Uh, I think since I saw the uh, article in Outside Magazine, I think I contacted you and you said, uh, let's wait till the book comes out. Yes. And the book came out. So <laughs> very exciting. Um, we'll even talk a little bit about that, how really kind of worked out that it didn't come out early. Oh yeah. So that you could get the, so you could redo the ending. Um, but we are going to give, be giving away two books tonight at different times during the show. Um, we have options too. So, um, I suggest the hardback, but if you'd like the audio side of it, I bought the audio and listened to the book. Uh, Derek did as well. Um, but I didn't know this until another podcast I watched you on where there's a map in the book that you did, right? There is actually a map in the book. Yeah. I, uh, I actually had that commissioned. I, I drew the, uh, drew the basic idea myself and then, cool. um, you know, an actual artist did the map, but, uh, so I, I won't say that the map is like worth buying the book for, but it's an additional element. <laughs> Still though, cool. Still, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, lot to cover. Uh, Charles with us tonight. Being uh, there's the hashtag, chasing the thrill. If you want to go ahead and put the hashtag in, you will be entered in the drawing, and we'll get to that in a little while. Yeah, Charles with us tonight. Uh, I felt Charles would be good to have on, being a person who works for the BLM, and we're going to talk about hiding things on different places in the world and can you hide something on BLM land and so forth. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but first let's talk a little bit about forest fin. Um, we have people who have different under, you know, uh, this is a different audience. than <laughs> some of the ones that, uh, interviews that that Dan's been on <clears throat> and I guess I picked a couple that were like the hardcore fin people what'd you call them fin tubers yes there is a whole uh, fin tuber community you know fin fin shows that appear on YouTube essentially so <laughs> makes sense yeah wow. so we've got a different so let's kind of 
let's talk a little bit about forest. I'm not going a lot of it, but um, I have some information and I guess maybe you could summarize a little bit about the man. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, right. Yeah. A lot of people are, are have heard vaguely of the forest Fen treasure hunt, even if they're not, you know, familiar with the details, but uh, you know, short version was that uh, in the eighties um, guy named Forrest Fen is an ex fighter pilot turned mm -hmm. kind of Southwestern art dealer to the stars. Um, was very successful art dealer based out of Santa Fe. And uh, in the late 80s, he came down with what was believed to be terminal cancer. And um, he decided that rather than kind of take that lying down, he was going to do something about it and do something with it. Um, and so he decided to, um, he came up with this plan where he decided to essentially hide a treasure chest uh, with a lot of his wealth in it. And he was going to go and actually hide it somewhere at a special spot, one that meant a lot to him. And he would lay down next to this treasure chest, take some pills and die. You know, he wasn't going to let the cancer beat him. He was going to take himself out of the game. Right. Um, and then he would have his poem that he had written and that was going to lead people eventually to his body uh, and his treasure. So fortunately, I think for everyone involved, um, he, he did not die. He beat the cancer, but he mm -hmm. didn't want to abandon his plan. He thought it was a good plan. He liked it. So over the next you know 20 plus years, he kind of worked towards it. He, he honed the poem that he intended to use. He actually bought a real treasure chest. He filled the chest. He kind of curated it, hooked things in or put things in. He took things out, different things he liked, different things he didn't right. like. And then, um, you know, around 2010, he finally actually went and hid the chest. And so um, then he published his memoir, The Thrill of the Chase. And in that was contained the poem. And that kind of set off this treasure hunt, which started off very small for a while, um, but then really blew up around 2013. It became kind of this big international phenomenon that um, that eventually ended up being. And, you know, a lot of people uh, went and went and looked for this thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of crazy things happened as a result of it. And so I, I got involved in it in 2017 and, uh, you know, decided I wanted to tell the story of it. And to do that, I actually became a treasure hunter. And so, you know, um, with the idea that, you know, you can really only understand something on that visceral level by doing it. Um, and I wanted to kind of be a part of this thing and understand why people in it cared about it so much and, you know, what the appeal was, what the dangers were, that kind of stuff. And uh, just went in and, and tried to tell the story of it. Um, kind of from the inside and spent the last, uh, you know, three to four years basically doing that. Uh, and then and came out in the book, Chasing the Thrill, as you just noted, came out yeah. right around a month ago. Yeah. Exciting stuff um, that you were able to be part of it. And um, I guess let's, let's also back up and talk about your background a little bit um, sure. because it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, the, the perspective that you had, cause you've, you've written, uh, you know, a, a book before yep. and you, you kind of took, if I understand correctly, kind of took a similar mm -hmm. perspective on it, but yet sort of changed. So I guess let people know a little bit about, uh, how, how you came to this as far as your background and your, um, your employment and various things. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I was a, you know, journalist, newspaper reporter for, you know, almost 20 years. Um, started in the Boston Globe and Providence Journal way back. And uh, I was doing news and politics type stuff. And then right. uh, moved over to sports 2008, covered the Boston Red Sox for the Providence Journal. Then the Wall Street Journal called. They wanted me to cover the New York Yankees for them. So I went to New York, did that for about five years in mm -hmm. sports business, stuff like that. Um, and then in, at the end of 2015, I actually quit that job so that I could write a book about um, daily fantasy sports. So DraftKings yeah. and FanDuel, but they were right when they were blowing up. Uh, right. And so... I did a very similar thing, as you noted, um, you know, similar, very intentionally similar, where yeah. I, I tried to become one of the sharks within that, one of the guys who was winning all the big money uh, at that time. And to do that, actually, I, I enlisted the help of one of the kind of greats of that 
you know, that world, um, this guy named Jay Rayner who went by the nickname Beep, I'm a Jeep, and everyone called him Beep in that. Beep. And so he was my, yeah, Beep was the man. So Beep was my mentor in that world, and he actually took me to becoming the uh, Fantasy Hockey World Champion of 2016. Yay! Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and so, yeah, big giant check, goofy belt, all that stuff. And um, so then uh, in 2017, you know, when the book had come out and everything, um, Beep was – he would become obsessed with something new and he, you know, he wanted to tell me about it. And one day he said, you know, have you ever heard of the treasure of forest Fen? And I was like, what? I have no idea. what Cause I'd actually never heard of this thing. I had no idea what was going on for seven years. I had no concept right. of it. Right. Um, and once he told me about it, I was like, Oh my God, this thing is amazing. I want to go be a treasure hunter and I want to go write a book about this thing. <laughs> so um, we kind of started doing that. And so he became my treasure hunting partner in this. And yeah, again, you know, with him there on, on board already, the structure was very similar to the last book. Um, you know, us two buffoons running around the middle of nowhere and seeking treasure and trying to tell the story of this larger enterprise. Um, and so, yes. And also, uh, yes, I also work at The Athletic, uh, which you may know is the big international sports oh, website. Yeah. Uh, and so since you're asking about me, been there since about 2018. So, um, and I will actually, as soon as this is over, I'll have to get back to work on editing baseball stories for the night. So. Yes. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, we'll, we'll keep you all night for that because you got work to do, but, uh, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the actual treasure since I think some people don't, uh, don't understand. And we've got some, we'll show some pictures later on, but, uh, again, uh, hashtag chasing the thrill. If you'd like to, mm -hmm. to, uh, win one of the books tonight. Um, I was surprised and maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom in the middle of sounds like geocaching. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of, uh, commonality between Finn's treasures. Why it captured this audience's, mm -hmm. uh, imagination so much. There's a lot that overlaps with geocaching the whole, you know, except for the actual payoff of the treasure, the rest <laughs> of it is basically geocaching. You yeah. Know? I would think that there's a lot of people yeah. who do both, you know, that would only make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it's outside of the value of the treasure. Geocaching is a treasure hunt, yeah. right? It's just, it, the yeah. whole thing is the hunt. Yep. It's not what you're finding. It's the hunt. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And funny, we, we, we talked before the show, remember Dan, we talked about our little stash hunt thing that, that uh, Derek and um, and Charles all mm -hmm. each find one. Charles found one <clears throat> up in a tree. It was in Arizona, wasn't it? Ironically, it, it was ironically in Arizona. <laughs> so you're probably not. You probably don't even live now too far from that stash hunt. But uh, no. yeah, the, very good. Uh, day. Same concept, right? Six yeah, same concept. Hidden all um, over the the country and. You know, random clues to get there and vague clues, and you know, yeah, some of them you can't vague. hide anything where people won't eventually go find it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was surprised at the size. I don't know if you were were you surprised when you first heard that it was a basically a ten by ten by four box, or did you not? I I, I was when I think treasure chest, I'm thinking like pirate. Right. And yeah, I think I had that, that impression too, you know, that you kind of have that, that, that idea of, you know, this big chest, like or in Aladdin or whatever, with just stuff right. spilling out of it, you know, right. bursting with valuables, crazy. And no, this is not that, you know, I mean, it is a treasure chest, but it's, it's smaller, you know, it's, as you said, 10 by 10 yeah. by five. Um, but, you know, I mean, this is something that he had to go out there and actually hide himself. Mm -hmm. And part of it was that, you know, you didn't want somebody to just kind of like some random person who's not intending to find it just happening upon this thing. You right. know, you'd want to be able to see it at, at 500 feet. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think there were reasons to keep it that small, you know, and I also think he, he, found, you know, he, he saw the chest and 
you know, he thought it made a good, good treasure chest. I, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the, the, I don't know if he was really, I, cause I actually don't know this part. I don't know if he was seeking out a bigger or smaller chest or whatever intentionally, but he saw this one chest and decided it would make a perfect treasure chest. And then kind of everything went from there. You know, probably if that box that he saw was twice the size, it might've ended up being twice the size at the same time, then it would have been difficult for a man of his age to carry it out there by himself. Right. So, you know, a lot of this somehow does have to do with the idea that he had to hide this thing and he had to find a way to do that without anyone else seeing. And, you know, he had it made it portable for him. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, in my mind's eye, the treasure chest was bigger for sure. Yeah. And they said 42 pounds. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll get into a little bit later on. Oh, Pizza Ninja says he was going to, yeah. I, and this, trust me, Dan's heard this story about a billion times in, in um, uh, researching his book. I was hoping to go in search. <laughs> How many I knew where it was, but then, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was going to go pick it up, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How many people, uh, we, in one of your uh, podcasts, you talk about, uh, how many people have, you know, how many thousands of people have probably were contacted, Force and said, "Oh, I know where it, my I know where it probably is. It's like, thousands upon thousands." Oh he gosh. said he just he just wouldn't respond to those. You know, right? <laughs> well, that's like it. You know, everybody knows how to solve a mystery after it's solved. Yeah, yeah everybody absolutely. says they have the answer after it's right. over, but they didn't have it before it was solved. But they sure had it afterwards. Yeah, yeah so. they all thought. Yeah, they all think they know. In fact, I think there's people that still. Well, a couple things. We don't want to get into the. I don't want to go into the crazies too. Yeah, much. don't jump ahead yet. Uh, I don't get get ahead of myself here because we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, I want to call them crazy because you were you did it as well, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> you were crazy, that's, but that's, not. But you weren't like that kind of crazy. I, so. I, I don't know. I was kind of crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder. So yeah, um, but um, he. Uh, obviously went out and, and hid, and like you said, people people started searching. Um, did when you started, you, you know, you and Beep started this process together. Um, did did your friend have because uh, he introduced you to it? Mm -hmm. Had he gone out yet? Had Beep gone out no. there yet? Okay. No, he had a he had a, a solution, you know, a solve as I call it, um, that right. you know he thought was a good idea. It was not; it was not even close. And mm -hmm. so I clearly, I quite very quickly disabused him of that one. But then, mm -hmm. you know, we started coming up with new stuff. You know, primarily him coming up with this stuff. I didn't do very, you know, I was not a very good like treasure hunter guy who came up with a lot of ideas. He came up with almost all our ideas. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, our first search was actually together. It's the it's the the thing that begins the book actually. So mm -hmm. in uh, June of 2017 was the first time he or I went searching out in New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and something we want to kind of delve into a little bit, and this is a good, probably good time for it is um, where, you know, we know, and we're not gonna get into all this. We know it's in Wyoming because mm -hmm. the, the finder at least gave that information. And we know that people are just dying to hear more about where it was, but regardless of that we kind of want to talk about since we're cashers we we deal a lot with you know where can we hide our caches what's allowed what's not allowed you know can we put them you know on private property you got you need to get permission which right. many of us i think all of us here have all done um i have caches on private property but all with permission uh, chamber of commerce i have a, I have a hide there and a couple other places but um one of the things i had no information about 
but I thought we, we got a guy here who works for the BLM <laughs> and um, but yeah, that guy, this guy down here, right down there, Charles, Charles, the man. Um, so Charles did a little bit of extra checking. Um, you probably knew most of this already, but he did some extra checking this week about hiding on BLM uh, and abandoned property. So let's talk a little bit about in theory, again, we're not really getting into the, the detail of it, but let's say in theory, uh, Forrest wanted to hide it on BLM property. What would that, what would that entail, Charles? Um, well, um, he'd have to have clearance from the office that oversaw the property. Um, not knowing who the property owner and managers were for where his treasure is okay. uh, or was placed, um, we're, we're going to go hypothetically here. Um, he'd have to walk in and get permission to um, to hide it in the manner in which it was hidden, right? Okay. And so in some of this, there's um, in the 36 CFR, which is the Code of Federal Regulations, section 327.15, that is the section of the Code of Federal Regulation that covers abandonment and impoundment of personal property um, that is abandoned on federal managed public lands, oh, right? Okay. So gotcha. um, so there are a couple of provisions in here um, hmm. in, in which it says that, you know, you, you cannot go in and specifically leave something and not come back to it, right? And after a period of 24 hours, at that time, that then becomes abandoned property, right? Um, yeah. And then there are a couple of different things that happen if somebody finds what is what is deemed abandoned property on public lands, um, they're allowed to pick it up and walk away with it. And yeah. you, you as the person who hid it really have no recourse because it was um, abandoned property on public lands. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's some there's some other caveats to that. If a government agent or employee finds it, um, what what then happens to the property? And that goes down a whole another rabbit hole. Um, but it is it is confiscated. It is then brought back to the office. It is turned into both law enforcement and the um, local property management officer. Um, okay. And then they have a recourse of, of action that gets taken. Um, there's there's a, a grace period in which if you are the owner of said abandoned property, you can come in and claim it. Okay. Right? And then likely will be issued a citation for abandoning property on public lands by the law enforcement officer. Um, if you don't come in and claim it um, within... There's a 90 day, let's see, there's a, a 90 or 120 day waiting period, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then if they, before the federal government can dispose of it, the federal government disposes of all property through a um, open-ended auction that we have um, through the a federal agency website, right? Okay. So we have auctions that are online 
um, abandoned property, once it meets that time threshold, goes into that auction and then it gets auctioned off to the highest bidder. All of the proceeds from said auction then go back into the general fund at the treasury. Um, right. And so, um, but there are some things for whether or not, right? I see Jesse shaking his head. Um, <laughs> fair, they have to go through a process to determine what fair market value is on it. Oh my. Um, and then depending on the price of what fair market value is, there is, um, they can put a, oh, what is it? Uh, a minimum bid, right? So they can put that where if it doesn't sell on the auction, you know, like somebody's, you know, $1.4 million sports car that got confiscated. Um, <laughs> oh, gotcha. it, 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 it can't sell for $200. Right. Okay. So um, it, it, there's a process and some paperwork that's involved wow. with it. Um, so it's kind of thankful that a federal employee didn't find it if it was on <laughs> federal well, land because yeah. that's what would have happened with it would have gone back into the, well, yeah, you know, First of all, never would have happened that way. No. Second of all, not. only the federal government can make finding gold treasure boring. That's, that <laughs> well, is horrible. Scott and, says we could probably rule out. Yeah. And be on property because and he didn't didn't get permission. And then Tom, Tom says if he had involved the government, he would have died of old age before he got permission. Yeah. So I'm going to assume, and at Dan, I don't know if you can tell us this or not, but or you know. <laughs> I almost did not go in and let anybody no. know that he was hiding this treasure ahead of time. I know, I, I, so first of all, I don't know where the specific type of land that actually ended right, up right. being found on, yeah, you know, right. I know Wyoming, but that's it. Yeah. Um, I don't believe he contacted the government beforehand and told them he was going to go hide a treasure chest. I, I, I don't know, but I feel pretty good in saying he there's didn't. There's no way he did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then second of all, if some government employee would have found a treasure chest full of gold, they're not taking it back to the office. <laughs> that joker I, is going I, home with it in right two now. weeks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping my retirement paperwork. Whether I'm <laughs> yeah, eligible for retirement or not. I'm going to let I'm, that go to auction. It's a pirate's <laughs> chest of gold. I'm not taking that into the, hey, boss, look what I found. I don't know anybody that honest. I, I've never met that person that honest. And they did, I'm taking their treasure. So yeah. that, is, that is silly. Uh, and there's no way he was going to tell him either. I yeah. assume there's no way he's going to go, hey, guys, I'm hiding a treasure. No, that, no, that would be going to kill themselves trying to get to. There's almost no way that that Yeah, happens. come on. On yeah. federal land. You don't mind if a couple people no. die on the way to this, do you? No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is so impossible. Um, but yeah. it, it's good to know that, you know, they actually have a provision for people hiding treasure on BLM land. So Yeah, yeah. that is something yep. to know. Well, and this and this covers more than just BLM land, right? So this covers... The National Forest Service is, is held to mm -hmm. the same rules and regulations. Right. Bureau, Bureau of Indian Affairs gets into some muddy waters, so we mm -hmm. try not to talk about them because then you have to get the tribe involved right. um, for, right. for wherever that's hidden. But um, anything that is uh, federal public land, right? So um, Bureau of Reclamation land, uh, right. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services, all of them all abide by the same rules. So don't, don't think that just because I mentioned – I do work for the Bureau of Land Management. I do. I I did contact some land um, land use people for you know. Hey, what is the rules on this? And I, I contacted a couple of law enforcement guys and talked to them. Sure. I by no means am a am sitting up here as a representative of the federal government telling right, you right, this yeah, right. right. I'm I am in a 
geocaching <laughs> t-shirt. T-shirt. That's right. Right. So this is not the stance of the federal government publicly on, you know, or on paper. Um, I don't right. watch this podcast anyway. It's okay. You know, well, but that's, but that's good because um, what's interesting is, and this is something that we all, I guess, kind of thought about is that, well, where he's going to hide it out there, a lot of that stuff comes into play, uh, right, Dan? Because you're, you're talking, I mean, New Mexico, you're talking New Mexico, Arizona, those areas, a lot yeah, of Native Americans. Colorado, Montana were the four possible states. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for those locations, I mean, he probably did do some double checking as far as, you know. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He did check the types of land. And I think, you know, it was, I think most people felt pretty confident that it wasn't on either private property or, you know, Native American land. You know, right. that, that was, I think everyone felt pretty good about those are probably too difficult to deal with. And he didn't want to go mm-hmm. through that kind of stuff. So it would have been almost definitely some kind of public land. And I think a lot of the questions were, you know, is it BLM? Is it Forest Service? Is it national parks? You know, mm-hmm. those were a right. lot of the real questions around it. So, yeah. And so, when um we'll get into when the treasure found here in a few minutes but um so you again you're 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 treasure hunting but yet at the same time you're wanting you know you're you're gonna you're you're writing a book and uh, i'm trying to remember again this has been a few days since i finished it but um from the time you started you and beep were kind of get out kind of hunting around at uh, one point, did you actually, because you got to meet Forrest and mm-hmm. talk to him, and um, again, in, there's a whole section of the book I really enjoyed where people have different perspectives on your writing a book kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was I, that was interesting, and because some people are not really happy about you writing a book. Um, I wouldn't say people weren't happy about me writing a book. I don't think that really, I mean, okay. but you know, it's, or are, you, um, are you searching? <laughs> well, not, neither really. It's just that, you know, okay. you, when you're trying to do the, you know, I was very clear to everybody. And like, I should have like tattooed on my forehead. Like I am an active searcher and also <laughs> writing a book, you yeah. know, would, like saved me a lot of trouble having to explain that like 500 times. Right. But, um, that was actually, you know, really, so, you know, I, again, I was actively trying to do both and, it wasn't like people per se, but you have to try to come up with almost rules for yourself in that, you know, it's like, okay, how am I going to, you know, make sure to kind of straddle that line correctly where I am, you know, somewhat wearing journalist hat, but also somewhat wearing searcher hat, you know, Mm -hmm. with the searchers, honestly, I thought that was like, it was great because, you know, a lot of them that would like kind of break the ice with them because, you know, they'd be like, oh, you're just another reporter here. And I'd be like, no, look, I'm actually trying to search this thing. I'm trying to let the chest have a hold of me. You know, and a lot of people, they seem to open right up at that. That seemed to like really, um, you know, be advantageous in that situation. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like, so, you know, with Forrest, for instance, I had to, you know, try to make sure like, okay, I'm not going to ask him like, where is the treasure located kind of stuff? You know, I'm not going right. to try to, you know, when I talk to him, I'm not going to talk about that kind of stuff. I'm going to talk about the hunt and the larger stuff that's going on and the, the trends and the most recent things that happened. And what did you think about, you know, this development and that thing. And when this went wrong, what did that make you, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I very clearly made sure to never like pump him for information or even, you know, try to go in that direction so that, you know, he wasn't going to think that's what I was there to do, you know, because yeah. again, the, the, you know, the hunting for treasure part as fun as that is, and it is cool to be a treasure hunter, you know, sure. at the same time, that was essentially, you know, um, 
an academic part of this to try to understand the experience better and to be able to have that as a narrative device, you know? So, right. um, you know, I didn't think I was going to find the treasure. <laughs> it wasn't, right. It really wasn't, you know, that's like a needle beyond needles, beyond needles in haystacks. So, so, um, so what was it? I know you, you covered some of it in the book, but I mean, what was it looking back on it now? I mean, what was it like to go to that, go to this house and, and walk in and, literally see what you got to see and kind of sit down with the man. I mean, try to, I know you were trying to kind of wrap your head around. Okay. I know a little bit about him, but what was it like to actually talk to Forrest? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's, a, he was a very impressive guy. He really was. And he mm-hmm. knew that too. Um, he, you know, he, he had almost a whole, you know, whole like spiel he would run reporters through and he had a whole, you right. know, set of things he would do, um, you know, almost, almost like kind of a, you know, a practice routine to some extent. Um, and you know, he, you know, as you mentioned, uh, I went to his house and he has this magnificent, you know, study slash office, which is just the student part of incredible, you know, stuff from his career and, uh, you know, all these artifacts and all this incredible native American stuff and cool stuff from his fighter pilot days. And, you know, yeah. he's just a really interesting guy who's had his hand in a lot of interesting places in you know course of his life. And so, um, you know, it was, look, it was very impressive to be able to kind of sit down and, and soak that all in, um, you know, and he, he knows the effect that that kind of stuff has on people. Sure. The guy is very good and was a very good salesman, you know, and that's, that's mm-hmm. why his gallery was so successful. Yeah, he was right. Very good at selling things. To people, he wasn't a huge expert on art, but he was really understood people and how to, get into their good graces and motivate them and, mm-hmm. you know, get them to do what you wanted them to do. He was very good at that. So, right. you know, one thing I was noting is, you know, when I came to his house the first time, you know, so he had, I had, you know, wanted to interview him. And so, you know, I talked to a lot of people close to him and then eventually I finally reached out to him and I said, you know, I would like to do this thing. I would like to talk to you. Um, you know, will you talk to me? I didn't have any guarantee he was going to do that. And, he got back not that long after saying that, you know, he knew my work from the Wall Street Journal. So, of course, he would be willing to talk to me. And I feel very confident that he did not know my work from the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was like sports writer. I was like doing sports business. Like, there's no way he was reading that stuff enough where he would know my name and know who I was. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah. that's the kind of stuff he would do to try to make people feel like, oh, I know you. We're special. You're, you know, we're connected. Yeah. And then, like, when I got mm. to his house, you know, he had, like, three copies or maybe, I don't, remember, I don't remember how many, but of the Wall Street Journal, like, on his yeah. side table right. you know, there. And he's like, oh, it's a good newspaper. And I was like, yeah, okay, I got it. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I heard from other reporters that he would do similar things with them. Right. Um, and then he had his whole thing where, he, you know, he lets people take a little sip of this bottle of brandy that Jackie uh, Onassis her, you know, Kennedy Onassis apparently had left right. his house, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. So, you know, and he was like, Oh, and if you're special enough, I'll let you get a civet. You know, he would do a lot of these little things there, right? You know, that, um, you know, he was very well practiced and all that stuff. But, like, you know what? Just because the show has been run 100 times doesn't mean it's not a good show, you know? Yeah, right, like, right. <laughs> he was, he was very captivating and very entertaining, and you know, he really could command a room, you know, even at that age. Uh, he mm-hmm. was very good at all this stuff. Uh, and so, you know, it was very interesting for me to both try to, you know, get, you know, get, I wouldn't say close to him because that wasn't really the idea, but to get yeah. to know him well. And mm-hmm. then also trying to kind of like capture him, you know, mm-hmm. for the book and try to explain him and, and have people understand who this guy was because he's not an average guy. He's a very interesting and different character, you know, like, a lot of people have crazy ideas in the middle of the night and we think, Oh, I should totally go do this. But almost all of us don't do them. 
You, right. don't, you don't have this crazy thought at 3 a.m. where you're like, oh, I should bury a treasure chest and yeah. write a book and a poem and spend like 20 years doing it. Like, you know, I have crazy ideas like that all the time, maybe, but like, I don't go do them. And this guy did, you yeah. know? So it yeah. takes a very different kind of person to not just have the idea, but then legitimately follow through on what is a not easy to pull off plan on a lot of levels. So, yeah. um, you know, really just trying to capture who he was and understand him and kind of see what made him tick for the most part and try to get some level of understanding of that was really the goal on a lot of levels with him. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, it's such an interesting, like you said, there's, there's so much about him. I mean, um, you know, shot down. Yeah. You know, twice. Uh, yeah. Was he shot down twice? Was it? Yeah. I knew mm -hmm. he'd been shot down. I mean, there's that in itself. And, uh, we've got, uh, you know, um, Charles is, uh, was ar uh, army. So, mm -hmm. yep. So he's, uh, you know, familiar with the the military side of it a little bit for for us, uh, but to be shot, you know, like you said, it, it, there's something about, and then to be so rich that he put, and we were trying to figure out. I, I was going to go back and look, but do you remember what they said the possible uh, value of? I think it's around a million. I think a million is a good number to use. You know, it okay. gets inflated a lot. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who have an incentive to inflate it or just, you know, it, numbers get passed around. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's around a million dollars worth, but you know, it's not crazy to say it's a million and a half. Okay. Um, there are some people who say three or four or $5 million to me. That's crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, I think that, you know, there's been some pretty good estimations done that put the low end of it around 600,000 and the high end around 1.3 million. And that's not counting the idea that it's the thin treasure, you know, which obviously sure. potentially could give it additional value, but this is just the stuff in the box. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. About, about a million is, is a fair about a million. number. To More use. than I found in the woods this weekend. So yeah, probably. Anyway, yeah. 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 you might've got some cool woods. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we found, yeah, we're, we're, we're finding, some cool things, but nothing like like this. Yeah, do uh, you know this? And that's the thing I know you you've mentioned before is it's like why? I mean, he was must have been. I mean, I don't know what Force Fins was. You know what what his net worth was. Uh, you know before he passed away, but obviously a million wasn't going to break the bank for him. Yes, that's okay. fair to say. Yeah, um, but he so, probably got a lot more out of it than that million dollars. You know what I mean? Like not, not financially, but I mean, you know, the, his yeah. opinion of the hunt, which obviously you were on the hunt and your opinion of it would be quite different than his. Did, <laughs> no. did you get to get him to share? Was he open enough to share his opinion of how it kind of went over the years? I mean, that's a lot of what we talked about, you know, in, in you know, kind of how, how things had changed, mm -hmm. you know, as, as you mentioned, a number of people died on it. You know, we talked yeah. a lot of those kind of things. Um, you know, I think, you know, when the community was very small initially, I think he really enjoyed that when there was just a couple thousand people and it had a real almost familial sense to it. Right. Um, and then, you know, it really got big around 2013 and all of a sudden, you know, tens of thousands of people are flooding into this thing. And obviously that's going to change the nature of it. Um, you know, and I think he, he both enjoyed that because I think, you know, this was a guy who did not mind fame. This was a guy who did not, you know, he didn't hate that the camera was on him. And right. so, um, you know, I think he enjoyed a lot of the fame he got out of it. Um, and you know, people being interested in him and his hunt at the same time, you know, it also got a bit unwieldy as a result yes. of it getting so big. And that really changed the tenor and the character of that. And I think that, you know, that very much, there were conflicts there in that with him. Um, and then, mm -hmm. you know, again, I think he did like some elements of it getting big, but then it kind of went beyond his control on some levels. Um, yeah. that I think was tough for him. Yeah, well, especially when we got when 
it it kind of went when when it definitely went too far. You know, when you got a the guy um, Chavez, I think yeah, 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 he sure. gets arrested. I guess tell people real quickly about how this thing kind of went south. Um, yeah, well, in that regard specifically, you know, I mean, there were there were a number of people who unfortunately took this, you know, a bit too far, and you're going to have, you know, people who are drawn to this for whatever reason who are not necessarily have the best intentions. Um, you know, and, and one of those uh, was this guy, Paco Chavez, who, you know, ended up thinking that Fenn's granddaughter was the treasure and that, you know, he may need to kill her and just, you know, really kind of oh. you know, obviously messed yeah. up stuff. Nut. And Nut. he, you know, went to Fenn's house all the time and you know, threatened them. And, you know, he eventually ended up going to jail and then going back to jail for trying to get out and get back to the family. And, you know, that wasn't the only incident of that type. You know, there were other mm-hmm. people who, you know, I think, you know, they, they went to his house. There's a lot of stuff. There were people who broke in. Um, you know, there was a lot of pressure put on him, you know, through this. I, I don't think he ever saw any of that coming when he did this. I don't think right. he, you know, he didn't envision it that many steps down the road. Um, you know, right. that's the thing you, you do something like this and there are a billion unintended consequences. And, you know, that's one of the things I really want to explore in the book, um, that you can't really envision this is going to go A to B to C. It doesn't work that way in something like this. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, there's definitely people who took it too far and people who, you know, did the wrong things in this and all that. And, uh, you know, I think that was also very hard for him to reconcile because he, mm-hmm. he thought the whole thing, you know, was a greater good in general. Um, and he thought there were positives that came out of it, but obviously there were also negatives. Yeah. Well, and his family like was how much pressure do you think his family? Cause it sounded like they kind of really got you with him and said, you need to stop this. I mean, either, either I, mean I don't death. know specifically what happened there and that can get kind of controversial, frankly. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that certainly, you know, the family had a lot of, you know, they, they didn't sign up for this in so many ways. Sure. <laughs> they right. didn't expect this was going to change and define their lives in so many ways. And so right. you can certainly understand, you know, if they could think, you know, what's going on here? Is this ever going to end? Are we going to be, you know, doing this for the rest of our natural lives and our children's and our grandchildren's and all that? So you mm-hmm. can certainly That's true. You understand why people in that situation might want to ask those kind of questions and, and wonder, you know, like, is this going to be with us for generations now? You know, who knows? So, yeah, because, yeah, there's no way to there was no way to know at that point how long. But uh, right. all right, well, let's give away one of the books real quick and then we'll get back to some more questions. So, uh, Derek, if you'll bring up the wheel of fortune as it were everybody get in your hashtag chasing the thrill there it is so you better get it in quick because he's about to push the button so for the first uh book we're gonna give away two tonight hashtag chasing the thrill uh on amazon and different places so uh it's in the show notes too by the way in case you don't win uh we will uh you can know where to purchase the book there's a very good chance you'll need it for an upcoming book club. Just throwing that out there. Just throw it out there. Ooh, see? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Ryan, pick me. Yeah. Uh, you should do like we did the last. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's spinning. It's spinning now. There we go. There goes all the people. That's, uh, it needs like a spinning noise. It's silent. It does. Oh, if you won recently, too, you can't win again. Oh, he didn't win recently. Happy Hodag. All there right. you go. All right. Okay. So I'm making a note. So uh, there's a couple different ways or different versions. Uh, mm-hmm. Hardback, the paperback is now out, and they're audio. So paperback is actually later. not out, but uh, they're the Kindle version. You can do the audio version, or you can do the hardcover. Paperback, oh, okay. Have oh, okay. Oh, but Amazon shows that it's ready. Maybe it's not Amazon. Don't believe everything you see on Amazon. Oh, man. that's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Yeah, if it's on the internet. So. Uh, 
Here's what's okay. funny is, Dan, you and you mm-hmm. don't realize this, obviously, this, but our audience realizes this. The the way you describe that growing is has a lot in common with geocaching. Oh, really? So geocaching doesn't have a million dollar prize at the end, but it started with one dude hiding a bucket in the woods and he was just interested if anybody would care to go find it. Right. And now t- over 20 years later, there's Millions. five million people out there playing this game across the world. Mm-hmm. And out of that, you know, most of those are good people. But yeah. there's a minuscule small number, and you have five million that do some dumb things every once in a while and get arrested <laughs> or fall and get hurt or, or stuck die in the or whatever else. And you know, the the guy and the the people that started the company that started off, you know, it started as just one in the woods, uh, literally a bucket. Um, they had no idea that 5 million people would be playing that over two decades later nice. and doing stuff on every continent and everything else. And I, I kind of is funny how that correlation there, right? Cause when he hit it, he probably thought people would go find, you know, find it and he make it, you know, he's not scared of the spotlight, obviously from his right. you know, demeanor, but I wonder if he knew it was going to get as big as it did. Oh, I, I definitely don't think he had any concept of that. I think he thought there'd be a few thousand people looking for it, you know, yeah. and he might, he might be his friends or something like that, you know, or yeah. kind of friends of friends, that kind of thing. And then it just get crazy. But yeah, I, I actually, I thought, I mean, I thought about geocaching, you know, in relation to this, um, you know, I, there's a, there's a very brief part about yeah. it in the book. Um, just, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, cause I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of similarities in the communities there and, you know, just in the, in the practice of it. And, you know, one thing that I, when I first got into the treasure hunt, you know, I thought, oh, everyone's looking at this to try to get the million bucks. And I, I don't, you know, I have come out of it thinking that was not the case. It was truly about, for most people, obviously, and there are going to be exceptions, um, you know, the money was validating, but it wasn't the point. The point was, you know, the the chase and the hunt and solving it and being the one who could figure it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that you know, has so much to do with geocaching. Um, I right. think, you know, there, there are huge similarities there, obviously. Um, yes, the, the money here was bigger in the end, but I don't think that was ultimately the defining factor in it, you know? Yeah. And as geocaching, we have events all the time. Uh, mega events, we, hopefully, mm-hmm. well, they're events all the time, sometimes mega events, which brings me to uh, something that I guess is still going on, maybe even another one this year, uh, which I don't know, maybe I'll ask, ask you why you think there's going to be another Finbury, but they've oh. they've had Finburys now for four or five years? Five, six-ish years, I think. Okay, and you, you got to go to one. I did. And what was it like? Because in you, you you mentioned in the book about how Forrest, like you said, he's not going to shy away from the spotlight. But yet, was he not really interested in a Finbury, or was he really interested in? And then what what did you think of a what what did you think of the Finbury? Yeah, you know, Finbury is kind of a fascinating thing, you know, because so much of this treasure hunt happens online, and so you know most of these people are not able to see each other most of the time, you know, they're, they have usernames on the various blogs and forums and stuff like that. But, you know, unless they knew each other beforehand, there wasn't a ton of face-to-face contact here. Right. And then, you know, Fenbury comes along 2015 ish. I'm not sure mm-hmm. exactly when the first one was, but I can find that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe it's 14 and, um, you know, it starts getting people together and they have this shared pursuit and they care about this thing and they want to, they want to, you know, see like-minded people who also feel the same about it and are that into it, you know, and you don't look at you funny when you say, I'm looking for a treasure, you know? So <laughs> um, it was, I think, very cool for the community to get to have these things and get to have a chance to, to get together like that. 
Um, and then, you know, in finally in the 2016 Venbury, so it must've been 14 at least was the first one, if not before that. Right. Um, then in the 2016 Venbury, Fen actually showed up. Yeah. And so that, you know, made it a big thing for the 2017 one, which was the one I went to because it was like, oh, Forrest might come back, you know, and that one was the biggest one um, really at any point. There was, you know, 150-ish plus people at that. And so that, you know, for this was a big thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it was, uh, look, it was very cool to get to see everybody kind of just interacting and, and getting, you know, putting names to faces and, you know, getting to, to chit chat. And then obviously, you know, when Fen shows up, you know, uh, it's a chance to talk to God, right? You know? it's, it's a chance to, this guy created this thing and you get to get your couple minutes with him. And that oh, was, yeah. you know, insane. a big thing, I think. Uh, and I think, you know, almost everybody there, you know, thought they came away with some, you know, big nugget of wisdom from Fen. I, I assure you, he did not actually give uh, right. you know, most people there any great clues or anything. But, you know, I think a lot of people <laughs> felt like they did come away with things. Um, but, you know, that some of that's on Fen too, because he really liked to kind of like stoke people's hope, you know, mm -hmm. very into doing that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I can't say I blame everyone for coming away and thinking, you know, oh, that might have been something that he was telling me. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, he, he Fenbury was very interesting. You know, they had like, the, there was the shrine to Fen, which was, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, but also kind of real. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the golden Fen, which is this Captain America action figure painted gold with an F on the chest. Oh, and, uh, you know, just like a whole homage to him in various parts of his life. And, you know, it's a very interesting thing to kind of be around that where there's this guy and there's, you know, very much like this, you know, thing has sprung up around him and about him. And it's all about his life um, to, if you go through, you know, people are really so you have to be obsessed with him and understand who he was. If you're going to figure out where his special spot was and right. why it mattered to him. So, you know, very interesting to have th this guy be so focal to it. You know, it's right. not just a treasure chest. It's really about a man, too. So kind of a kind of a crazy phenomenon in that way that I think I didn't fully realize, certainly at the beginning and, and really honestly, in some ways, until right around the end. So. Right. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting, too, that like you said that that um, I mean, they've you know, we, we do coins and they did a coin for, a for, uh, to, to pay some of the costs and everything. But, uh, it, you know, f it, there's some relation of, of things that I'm, I'm, I'm there's a I'm, lot of parallels with, I'm with catching. Yeah. Out. There, there was a, and I, I want to get to here in a second showing everything and, and you're being able to see the treasure and all that. We'll do that here in a minute, but it reminds me and tell me guys, if you think, uh, this reminds you at all of the shelter, and the shelter, Dan, was a, a hide, a cash hide uh, that was very famous for uh, when you can't find a geocache, you're supposed to mark it as a DNF, did not find. Okay. And this thing had hundreds, if not really, if people were honest, probably thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of, of people who couldn't find it. It was just, it was hidden in a shelter, like a, um, we called it the shelter, but it was a, uh, a park, like a park gazebo. Okay. Yeah. And the big thing about it was that um, there was only a handful of people. In fact, probably a couple, even in the, the chat room tonight of the, the seven or whatever that ended up finding it. Uh, eventually the owner of it after it was found a few times said, I'm going to get, I'm going to get rid of it because he, it was, there was this the secret was out. I mean, the it, secret was yeah. out, but there was a real, interesting dynamic in that people, were, real, people yeah. were mad and upset that people that like how dare he hide something that nobody can find it was just this weird well 
It was, but this is the opposite. So think of the opposite of Finn's treasure, right? Everybody knew exactly where it was. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was hidden it. in plain sight, and they just could not get there and figure it out. And people would sleep overnight. Groups would go to this shelter and look for it all day and all night. They would have events there yearly to try to find it. So, it, so it it just, people knew like where this this gazebo they knew exactly was right. where, it? where it was, but it's hidden on the shelter in a way that really it appeared to be part of the shelter. Huh. Yeah, you know, but it was camouflaged so well that hundreds and hundreds of people spent. It was smaller than hours. It was smaller hmm. than this, but this is a blood vial. These tend to be. And then the, there's the the logbook is in there, but. It was smaller than this, but the idea was if you can hide it perfectly, you know, in the right spot, you could. Yeah, and the way the way it was hidden, people looked and touched it, touched it several times and never knew what it was. And um, it's uh, it's so it's really kind mad. of the same process. the The fervor of wanting to find it grew with every time another group couldn't find it. Hmm, sure. So it just more and more people, and I don't even know how many years it was out, but there was people like watching online. Like you can, you can like kind of watch the profile page of this one, you know, little geocache and people all over the world were watching it to see if anybody got any clues or anybody. So it's kind of like a condensed group. Um, but yeah. the opposite, everybody knew exactly where it was, but nobody could figure it out. Yeah. Super interesting. Crazy. Yeah. yeah it was crazy. Yeah. Fuzzy B. Yeah. He put events, he put out, yeah. Events himself. Yeah, there was coins and all kinds of There was a coin about I did not find it. They couldn't find it. They couldn't sell a coin for I did find it because not enough people would find it. There was a lot of people that bought the coin that didn't find it, right? So yeah, it made me think about that. So the excitement just grew and grew and built, you know, and that wasn't even that many years, and it was for zero dollars. So that's pretty interesting. It was not for a million. That's a cool one. I like that. Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh okay, so um, so the, the treasure ends up being found and you, um, the, for a while, the person didn't come forward and, um, I, I guess a lot of people who are really hardcore into it, they remember the moment that they found out. It's not like, I hate to use the, the JFK assassination moment, but, uh, whatever, big moment whenever the Berlin wall fell or whatever it happens to be, people remember where they were. And I know that's something that uh, if you're a hardcore Finn treasure searcher, I guess if you ask them to this day, probably right, Dan, they'll, they'll tell you exactly where they were when they found out. Absolutely. I remember where I was when I found out for sure. So um, yeah. And I think the one I used in the book was the challenger explosion. Cause I actually remember being, I remember being, yes. that. Um, but uh I think we were actually watching it live that was fun mm-hmm. um, oh yeah I remember so, that. Uh, anyway um anyway the um yeah i mean so you know in in june actually almost a year ago like last week basically mm-hmm. um you know on june 6th uh, 2020 it was then announced that the treasure had been found and uh you know obviously that changed everything you know yeah. it was crazy town after that and so um initially uh you know he did not provide a lot of information um, which ticked a lot of people off. <laughs> drove because, people crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely drove people crazy. Um, right. and, you know, with reason. Uh, you know, initially sure. it was like, okay, great, the treasure's been found. And people were like, oh, that's too bad. I wish I found it. But okay, that's cool. We'll like lose, learn a lot of stuff now about what happened with it. And then, you know, basically no information comes out. Yeah. Um, and Fenn kind of shut down a little bit uh, and stopped, you know, giving interviews about it and that kind of stuff. And so um, it turns out that, uh, 
you know, about a week after he publishes some photos that show, you know, him with the treasure. Um, and so that at least gives people a little bit of, okay, well, there's the treasure, you know, we know that, but he didn't tell who found the treasure or where it was found at all. And, right. you know, a lot of people were very unhappy about that. And, you know, it led to a lot of conspiracy theorism and, you know, why isn't he telling us more what's going on here? What really happened? That kind of stuff. Um, in July, I believe late July, um, they released, uh, that it was found in Wyoming, but yeah. not where in Wyoming. Right. Um, and that actually did not give people a lot of closure. Still a lot of people <laughs> were like, well, it's not in Wyoming because of this. And, right. you know, I, I still think it was in New Mexico. All right. Well, All right. Fine. it's still um, out there. <laughs> All right. But anyway, yeah. so then, um, you know, I think you know, it kind of settled into a certain pattern of, you know, what will we know? When will we ever know anything more? What's going to happen here? And then mm -hmm. in early September of last year, Forrest Fenn died. Yeah. And you know, he was 90 years old. He had just uh, passed his 90th birthday not long before. And, you know, that ended up changing everything because yeah. obviously Forrest Fenn is no longer on the scene. And I think I certainly thought like, wow, we're never going to know anything now. And yeah. then a couple weeks later, um, a post surfaced on the website Medium, which is, you know, mm -hmm. a publishing platform and you can post there anonymously, which right. is important here. Uh, and it was by somebody who identified himself as the finder. And he mm -hmm. had some pictures of the chest and some pictures that, you know, somebody, only somebody who would have had, had they had access to Fenn and the room where the treasure was found and, or not found, but you know, where the right. treasure was, was returned to Fenn. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, he basically lays out there, you know, look, I was the guy who found the chest. Um, I missed Forrest Fenn. He said, you know, I was, I felt very close to him. He was my friend. Um, and, you know, I'm sad he's gone. And it was kind of like an ode to Fenn, but also mm -hmm. this interesting kind of explanation of who he was to some extent and about the process of finding the chest and what it was like for him. And so, you know, a lot of people were like, this is BS. Uh, don't trust this. What do we know of this guy? Is this some person putting some stuff up? But I very quickly thought it was legitimate. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, just reading things in there about his interactions with Fenn, they, they jived with things that I had experienced with Fenn. And, and right. this person clearly had done real hunting and really understood, I think, the process of it. I mean, it just, it rang true to me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, I got to get, and also, let's not forget, this guy had pictures, you know, yeah. that you really yeah. have if, you know, this was like, not like nobody, you know? So, um, so anyway, so I went and I basically was like, I got to figure out a way to get in touch with this guy. Yeah. I think this is the guy. Um, but you can't just, I'm not just going to like post, you can't contact the author of a media yeah. to do that. And, and, and you I can't just put you your did. like email in the comments or be like, contact me. Cause then any jerk off can contact wow. me, you know, yeah. you know, so that's not going to do anything. <laughs> um, so that's not going to work. It doesn't do anything for you to do that. So, um, but I figured out a way to contact him directly, which is that you can actually flag a typo in a story and that gives yes. you like a tiny little bit of space where you can get in touch with the author of the post, basically saying like, you know, you have typo here, um, you know, or this thing is misspelled or whatever, but right. I use it to like put in my email and be like, writing book, contact me. Damn, I received it. So, um, and not long after I actually got an email from, you know, the yeah. person who wrote it and said, I got your thing, you know, yeah. if I get, all right, maybe wow. we can talk. And so wow. then, yeah, so we started a, you know, kind of months long dialogue there with me trying to get him to talk to me and trust me, um, without knowing who he was. And, yeah. um, yeah, eventually, and then you know, that's going to bring you on the scene here, Gary, because that yeah. uh, eventually culminated in my getting to write the article in Outside Magazine in early December that revealed who he was to the world. And then it was Jack Stoof, who was this guy, yeah. uh, you know, 32 year old, raised in Michigan, um, medical student at the time who uh, had found the treasure. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of that's where I kind of I entered the story in that way, I guess. Yeah. And that's kind of where we, you know, like I said, but when I when I heard that, because I had. I have been interested. I know some of our fans and people who have are, are watching and uh, listening 
because uh, we have a lot of audio listeners as well, know that they probably were, you know, at least I, I had a pretty good interest in it. I watched the uh, Expedition Unknown that was done, um, you know, by, by Josh Gates. And so I, I had a fascination with it as well, uh, not as far as you did, but I had at least some inf you know, information about it. But, um, yeah, um, let's show um, – Derek's going to bring up the picture of Jack with Forrest. Yes. And we'll talk about – there we go. So I mean, there's that's, that's pretty legit right there. It's hard to <laughs> deny it after that, right? There's yeah. a stack of treasure, and Forrest is right there. Yep. And so, look at the grin. Look at the grin on Forrest's face. Yeah. Right. I mean, so whatever the conversation yeah. – yeah, whatever the conversation was there, they're – he he looks very pleased and happy yeah. with the outcome of this. Oh, he has yeah, to be, I think Jack right? said, you know, he yeah. told me certainly a number of times that you know he thought you know Fen had a real thrill out of getting to go through the chest again after all these years, which I'm not sure if he ever thought he would do. You know, yeah. So and then to also get to know somebody and talk to somebody who had, you know, been able to solve his riddle. You know, yes. was able to solve yeah. the puzzle was was a big thing. You know, I think he really enjoyed getting to have that experience before you know he was gone. So. Yeah, yeah. L yeah. Leave that up for a minute, Derek, because I want to talk a little bit about. Um, it, th this is insane. I know you would agree. Uh, I think I'll get your opinion on this, but he finds the treasure. Jack finds it. Mm -hmm. He puts it back and goes home. Not home, <laughs> but he leaves. He leaves it and walks away to to check and make sure that he can go get it again. How weird is that? <laughs> I would not have left anything in the ground of that magnitude. And he went, he went back and contacted Forrest, correct? And said, yes, I found the treasure. Is it okay for me to grab it? Right. Yeah. You know, so he, um, as, as is in the book, you know, he, uh, he located the treasure and then, you know, he left and uh, went back so that he could, you know, contact Fenn and, and get essentially his permission to go remove it. I think he was very <laughs> concerned about the legalities around it. Right. And you know, he sense. wanted to make sure he had kind of done things the right way. And, you know, look, this is not I don't want to speak for him in the sense, but yeah. I believe, look, I guess I probably personally would have grabbed it and run away, you know. But, yeah. um, you know, I believe he thought he'd been looking out in this area for so long that he mm -hmm. wasn't really concerned about somebody else just stumbling upon this thing that he had been searching this same area for, for like an incredibly long time. Right. That somebody else was just going to magically then happen upon it, you know, in a, in a short period of time. So <laughs> Can you imagine? I, know, I totally understand like, you know, to the brain, it sounds like, you know, why would Insanity. someone do that? But yeah, you know, then we have to put ourselves in his shoes. Right. So, yeah. He but, never told you exactly where the treasure was. Right. No. And I, and that was kind of one of the essentially, you know, arrangements of, you know, my talking to him that I wasn't going to try mm -hmm. to use this. I didn't want to know the information because I didn't right. want to, I knew he didn't want anyone to know it. And then, right. you know, I wanted him to talk to me. And so I didn't want him to be concerned about that, first of all. And then, you know, I didn't also want him thinking that I was going to try to use the knowledge I gained from him to kind of reverse engineer that and then sure. yeah. put that out there. And then ultimately it's actually been very good that I did decide that early because now that, you know, since so many people do want to know where their treasure is yeah. and, you know, they would use me as a proxy for him then. And I would then be under siege yeah. by the same people who are besieging him look, looking to learn the information. So I am very happy. I did not end up finding out yeah. anything about where it is. Did, did he walk you through his thought process at all without yeah, being yeah, too specific? Okay. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's that's fascinating for obviously for the people that are that are here is that whole thought process and and both sides of it really right because 
another one of the things in geocaching that we do is, you know, we hide stuff, not with a million dollars in it again, of course, but, but we hide some of the things we do are when we hide one like that, it's, there's pretty intricate puzzles out there that take years for people to solve. And I've seen that same look on, you know, puzzle hiders faces when somebody finally solves their puzzle mm -hmm. that it's been out there for five years. And again, zero value on ours. Right. But it's just that that first person to get out there and find it. Um, I think they're usually as happy as the finder when that happens. Yeah. Um, years for this mystery to be solved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Somebody understood my thing enough to solve it. You know, they got right. what I was doing and they, you know, they puzzled that with me. I think that's absolutely the case. Yeah. Here. And it's I know one of the things I've heard people ask before when they when somebody finally solves their puzzle is they want to know kind of how they got there. Like, mm -hmm. what was your thought process to finally solve this puzzle that nobody else has solved for five years? And there's puzzles that are it's out there that out there longer than that, even. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think they, they had a good time talking about all that stuff. And That's great. It, it's always interesting too. People that do figure those out, they're kind of sometimes coy. They don't want to give you. Um, <laughs> uh, Charles is on a show called Puzzle Talk. We talk about, you know, solving puzzles for geocaching, and there are plenty of times where, you know, we even, you know, people will say, you know, well, how'd, you know, what's how'd you get to that solution? It's like, eh, I may not want to give you all that information. It's like I spent a lot of time figuring it out, so I can understand. Jack's um, calculated responses to people. And, and like you said before in, in interviews and, and in the book that he is a very calculated person, right? I mean, he, yeah, you, so. you felt like that he, he really knows what he wants to give out and what he doesn't want to give out. Yeah. I think that is, that is very fair to say about him. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's show also. So, um, Tell people real quick about how you um, were able to see the treasure, and we're going to show the ending here. Now. Now. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so you got, to, yeah, you got <laughs> to actually see it. Um, how did it come about that you got permission? I guess. Yeah, so um, yes, I uh, I got to see the treasure, uh, which was very cool. You know, um, mm -hmm. essentially, you know, there's. There's a lot of backstory to how that happened. It's essentially in the book, but um, yeah. you know, one day Jack asked, you know, if if I wanted to come see the treasure, yeah, um, that's which, crazy. Uh, was was pretty awesome to get to see, and you know, we started talking about it, and you know, I was able to fly out to Santa Fe, and um, you know, I went on a little single engine plane that uh, my mom's husband had, <laughs> and uh, it was a little a crazy flight from all the way, you know, from New York basically all the way out there, um, and so uh, yeah, I was able to kind of go into the lawyer's office where you know, Jack's lawyer where where the chest, where the chest was being kept and, yeah. um, you know, go in there and literally carry the, you know, hold the thing and, and go through it and take it apart and, you know, yeah. go through the treasure. So, which was a, a kind of incredible moment for me because I'd spent, you know, to that point, you know, three plus years talking about this thing, thinking about this thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's in your mind. And then you actually finally get to see this like figment of your imagination made real, you know? And um, you get to actually go through it. And it was uh, a very, very cool moment to get to take that, you know, chest and pull all the different gold nuggets and coins out and, you know, all the various treasures and just kind of lay it all out there on the table and, uh, you know, be able to, to be one of the very, very, very few people who was able yeah. to do that. So that was uh, that was very, very cool for me. Do you know at this point if the the chest has been, you know, did did Jack go ahead and get it and take it home and nobody knows where it is now. Right. Uh, look, I, 
we don't that's know. Not really, you know. I mean, yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's the business. I think uh, what, I, if I knew that, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you either. <laughs> now, I wouldn't even want to know where a million dollars was hidden. You know, that's yeah. You know, there's too like, many people that would reach out to you. That's like, true. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, what, there's some crazy people out there. So what's what's crazy? What's great about it is the fact that uh, you may be one of the few people ever that gets to see it. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that unless he puts it on display or something. Yeah. Who knows what happens after that? But yeah, um, certainly probably one of the few who actually got to go through it. That, yes, exactly. To, to actually hold it. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah it's uh, definitely a, a great point in the book. And uh, so we're going to show the picture of you with the, there you are. Yep, there I am. <laughs> wow. And uh, what, I, you know, without giving away everything that's in the book, but what you just did. I know I did. I gave away everything <laughs> in the book. Everybody says that. Uh, we, we, we have covered a lot, but, uh, there's a lot that we haven't covered. No, so no, definitely, definitely yeah. get the book, but, uh, for, for sure. Uh, and you, you, in the audio, I love the audio cause you did, you, 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 uh, narrated the audio. So I, I like, yeah, that. that was a that was a lot of fun. That uh, was actually a lot of work, man. I didn't know, like, that was like a full week. I had to take off from my uh, day job and like sit in, <laughs> in my closet, literally yeah. like, got to the recording studio and just like talk to a microphone for like eight hours a day. That is like yeah. a no good thing to do. I went through like seven or eight cups of tea a day. So, um, yeah, yeah but it was very cool actually to get to do it. I was happy I did it. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's fascinating. Really, uh, was wonderful because, you know, this wasn't going to be in the book initially, right? I mean, now we think oh, about no, it. I mean, no. <laughs> the, the book, I couldn't count on somebody finding the treasure. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I think for people to realize is that, you know, you were going to, this book was coming out. Yeah. One where, you know, this is, and the book was, was, was set to come out a force was still with us and B nobody had found it. And you were going to just finish the book and be done. Yeah. You know, it had kind of an open ended ending because what else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then, uh, you know, <laughs> on to the like, next it's funny. Cause you know, when, when I heard the treasure had been found, you know, I think I had basically turned in like a, a, a rough final draft to my editor, like about a week before, yeah, and um, obviously the ending was not the same as it ultimately ended up being. <laughs> right. uh, and so my first thought was like, "Oh no, what a disaster!" Like I just like submitted a thing that I'm gonna have to like rewrite half the book, and like, what the hell am I gonna do? And how am yeah. I gonna get all this stuff done? You know, and what is even gonna happen? Is this gonna happen on any timetable that I can like pull <sighs> this off on? You know, yeah. um, but obviously it ended up being like a tremendous boon for me. But mm-hmm. I didn't see it that way initially. You know, I was like, I'm completely screwed. So, um, you know, it's, it's great how it turned out, you know, and that I was able to get in touch with Jack and then, you know, all that stuff happened, but I didn't expect any of that to happen, you know? So, um, yes, ultimately it was like an amazingly good thing for me. Um, and my original ending sucked. So like, whatever, but, um, it's, it's, it ended up being very, 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 very good for me. Uh, but like kind of terrifying in the moment. Yeah. And just like, like you said, the, 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 that just, the timing was, I mean, I, I know you said that you had to kind of rush out there and like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold the presses as it were. Yeah, it kind nope. of, you know, and, you know, publishing houses don't like that, you know, when a book is supposed to come out, you know, less than a year later that, you know, six months, five months, four months, even before it's supposed to come out, you're still making changes and still writing like the ending, you know, five yeah. months. They don't like that. Believe me, they don't like that. <laughs> I know that seems like a lot of time, but in book world, it's not. In publishing world, it's not. You know, they want to have stuff on a book like this, like sealed up, like almost a year around ahead of time. And I'm, you know, mm, at right. December and January, still writing 
first drafts of stuff. So they yeah. were very good to trust me to get it done and to get it done, you know, timely fashion and all that. So I, yeah. I appreciate that from them. Yep. Um, well, we're kind of kind of coming to the close with Daniel. We're gonna we're gonna go a little after, but he said to get back to work. But yeah, um, yeah. before we, we give do, away another book, still right? Don't <laughs> forget that. We're gonna give away a book, but we'll we'll probably we'll probably do that after we're gonna okay, let okay. Daniel Daniel get back to work. He's got work to do. But before we do that, to to wrap up tonight, um, if anybody has any final question, uh, put them in the chat room, and we're gonna start the process of of wrapping up for the night. So I have a question while the chat room's putting those in there. Yeah, go for it. We kind of glossed over the fact that you actually got to sit at a treasure chest filled with gold and play <laughs> with it. I don't know yeah. anybody ever in my life that has actually got to play with a gold filled treasure chest, like in real life. That's like yeah. seen in the movies. That's fascinating. It was cool as hell. It really was. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I write about this in the book, but like, the most fun part was taking all the stuff out, you know, because when you're doing that, you still don't know what's in it in some ways. You know, I knew what most of the stuff that was in it was going to be, but you know, you're just pulling stuff out. And until you get to the bottom, it's almost like anything could be in it, you know right. um, it's, it's just bounded by your imagination. And then I remember feeling like, you know, that moment of disappointment when I got to the bottom of having actually taken out of the treasure chest, everything <laughs> out, you know, and, and was like, Oh, you know, yeah, all those was, was different so cool. types of treasure in there. It's so much more exciting than if it was just like stacks of cash, right? I mean, it's yeah, oh yeah, no, amazing it was like all these varied things made it so so much cooler. Um, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was amazing just to get to like you know, like there's the, the most impressive item in there. I would say is this golden dragon bracelet that like really really looks. Oh, that's funny. Somebody just asked me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so there's the golden dragon bracelet, which is studied with studded with you know emeralds and rubies and diamonds and stuff. It was just amazing. I don't know if you can, if we can move the the yeah. bar. You, yeah, it's in one of the baggies there. You can't really see it, but um, right. Because some yeah, of the, I mean, the like baggies, such yeah. an amazing piece there. Um, and amazing. you know, it's it just really like you know, like a lot of it, like you know, gold coins. Gold coins are cool, um, but they're just gold coins, you know. But <laughs> right. you know, some of the the raw, you know, the, the nuggets were you know impressive. Yeah, and, you know, some of the old you know really ancient stuff you put in there was really cool. Um, but yeah, the dragon grace, it definitely, you know, took the cake, but yeah, funny. like getting to go through a treasure chest. It was like, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, this is amazing. I'm like pulling stuff out of a treasure chest and I gotta like put it all back in. And you know, it was like, it was, you know, it's very much, you know, kid in the candy store, all that stuff, you know, and just this particular treasure had held such a, you know, prominence in my mind for so mm -hmm. long that, you know, it, 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 it's kind of amazing to get it, suddenly see it come real for you, you know? Right. So, yeah, and somebody absolutely. asked, what's the best place to buy the book in terms of, yeah. it's all the same to me, man. Like whatever, um, you can buy it okay. anywhere you, uh, you know, you want to get it, you know, whatever, really, you know, I mean, I guess if you technically buy it from the Penguin Random House, like website, then probably cutting out the middleman. I don't know, but okay. uh, it, you can buy it anywhere you want. Buy okay. it, local, local cool. bookstores, local bookstores are a good thing. Yeah. So we, yeah, yeah that's what we, we kind of miss out. I know uh, mm -hmm. you mentioned before about, you know, wanting to maybe do a book signings, but right now we can't, but yeah, no, it's too bad. Maybe someday. I'll be in New Mexico in a couple of weeks. So, you know, come on out. We'll do a book signing and I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah, clear, yeah. Out all the, I'll, I'll clear out all the people that are not uh, vaccinated and we'll just get it done. So, anyway. right. <laughs> so Dan, Charles, I know you got to get back to work, but I have yeah. one last question. I'm yeah, yeah, please, fascinated with, and it's more of your thought process. So you chased this for a while, both mm -hmm. book and treasure hunter, right? Mm -hmm. So you obviously had some opinion in your mind or some, something conjured in your mind of what the treasure was going to be. Yeah how close was that to reality or how far off? Or, I mean, just 
you had something in your mind, right? Yeah, honestly, honestly it, was, it was pretty close in terms of like the what it felt like to look yeah, like. Yeah, like was it yeah, actually going to be a box of gold, or what did you think? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty close, honestly, to like what I thought it was going to be. You know, I it's, you don't have like you know there are some people in this chase who have like you know well there's this exact thing and it's this big and it's just a, you know, I didn't have that level of mm-hmm. um, you know like fluency with every single item in it. But, you know, most of the things I was like, oh, and there's that, and there's that, oh, and there's that. You know, it was like, okay, you know, you had that level of – it all mostly looked like I kind of thought it would, you know. Um, sure. I think, um, you know, some items, you know, were a little bigger or smaller or whatever. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know – and it's funny, like, the gold coins, I, I think I would have actually thought there would have been more of them because there's like 200-something in there. And, you know, I think in, in my mind – and maybe this is the kind of Aladdin problem, you know, you yeah. just like coins as far as the eye can see, <laughs> but that's not really how it works in the end. You know, I ended up like stacking them all up into stacks and everything. Um, but it's not, you know, there's a lot of them. You can see there's a lot of them, but mm. ultimately it's like not as many as you might think that is. Right. So, um, you know, and the whole thing, it's, it's, it is funny. It, it did, it felt smaller than I probably expected, even though knowing the size of it, fully understanding that, mm-hmm. you know, even when you're doing it, you're like, oh, okay, it's, it's, you know, you're taking stuff out and it's a treasure chest, but it, you know, your mind is still tricking you into thinking it's going to be bigger. It's going to be vaster and more. And, you know, there is an element of that to it. So for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, thank, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being yeah, on tonight. I know we've, um, the timing I think was pretty, pretty good. Like you said, we, we talked before, um, mm-hmm. when the, when the, when the magazine article came out and you said, let's, let's hold off, let's wait for the yeah. book. And I thought that was fabulous. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, thank you so much again. And um, we will, uh, you know, keep in touch and, uh, you know, sure. go, out, go out and find a geocache. That's a lot. That's a lot easier to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for, hey, for teaching me a little bit more about uh, geocaching. I appreciate that. And Charles, thank you for your excellent uh, BLM, um, you know, kind of rules uh, speech there. That was awesome. And Jesse, thank <laughs> yeah. you for the very good questions. Yeah. So, All right. Well, thanks. Char- thanks. Thanks, Dan. Thank you very we'll much. Gary, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Pleasure to be here with you guys. You betcha, yep. buddy. Thanks. thanks. All right. That's uh, well, that's just, I want to hold gold treasure in my hand at some point. I know. Isn't that cool? Like, you know, that's not just gold. Not, not that I've ever held a gold bar or anything in my hands, but uh, a box of gold treasure. That's Yeah. That's yeah. what we feel like geocaching is like every time, except for we know we're not getting a million dollars, right? We just... We want to find a little piece of paper. Right. I mean, but, and and that's cool, you know, that his favorite piece was that that gold dragon bracelet. Be like, mm-hmm. I, I found a dragon in a cache. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's basically that, the same that thing. Works. It, you know, it's it's close, right? Um, but you know, just the 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 cool stuff that was was in that. I'm with you, Jesse. Just going through that, man, I'd be like a kid in a candy store. Oh gosh. You um, know. I mean, do you remember how excited you were to get the prize out of like the Captain Crunch box or a box of Cracker Jacks when you were a kid? I mean, it's like that. And well, then I was a kid. Ten, tenfold. Talking? Yeah. I'm well, so excited yeah. now. What are you talking about? Hey, look, when I find a geocoin in an ammo can, I whoop, whoop. You're like, whoo, yeah. I'm right? excited now. And actually, it was a real live geocoin in the wild. Look at that. That's right. Yeah. Um, I don't was, even get to keep that. Yeah. It was 42 pounds, Darwolf. Just to let you know, 42 pounds. Um, yeah, Kashnik's correct. Thank you, Kashnik. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's interesting. Again, uh, people are giving me a hard time about 
spilling too much too many beans out of the book but there's a lot more of the book we never got to and, yeah you've already i haven't read it yet but oh, it's, it's oh you'll love it. It. It, it it is really good um but yeah i wanted to respect his time i knew we couldn't pull him for an hour and a half he's got a he's got writing but i figured let's get all the info in and then you and i you know the three of us could talk for a little bit and then we'll yeah, give away the, the last Come on now. Sport. That's I wish I'd have gone for that treasure hunt. And if one of those ever comes up again, I'm not hesitating. I'm going. Yeah. I just even not to find it to get out there and be able to hunt like that. Just the the thrill. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the thrill of that. Right. Like I mean it. It. We're all geocachers. We've all been well. Obviously, for thousands of times in a row, we've been excited sure. to go find a cache, but nothing to that level. Nothing where you think it's life changing money at the other end. You know, or you're the only person that's ever going to find it. That's now finding it walking away that's kind of mm-hmm. crazy but you know yeah um and there's i understand of- why he did it hey, you don't mm-hmm. come upon a million dollars normally and go let me take this and run away with it so <laughs> you know that's that's got to feel weird i mean everybody's like oh, i would have grabbed it well, you might have you but you haven't mm-hmm. found a million dollars so you don't know that's like yeah. coming across the db cooper money in the wild now and be like yeah i'm just i'm just gonna pick it up and walk with it be like <laughs> that's right yeah, there's some crazy stories in there, but um, but yeah, people are like, well, why don't you, you tell her where it is? It's like, the thing you got to remember is when you get to that kind of level of a million dollars in a, in a, of, of loot in a, in a chest, you are at prime, like the top prime crazies are coming out. Oh yeah. People are going for way less than that. You, yeah, you you think there's some crazies People out there? People broke that, into Finn's house. Yeah, they broke it. Yeah. I wouldn't have ever to, come public with it. They I wanted wouldn't to kill have told his, anybody. I yeah. had it. They were going to kill his daughter because they thought that was the treasure and they thought that was the way to get it or something. I mean, prime nuts, you know, prime crazies come out when you talk about that kind of money. So you well, can't you can't there imagine was a theory that Forrest was DB Cooper. I think it was very short lived. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's a good. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, all right. So if the if we ever figure out where this thing was in the end, mm-hmm. could you imagine how awesome it would be to have a chasing the the thrill of the it's chase the type of right. memorial cache there? Oh, yeah. Paint paint the ammo can to look like <laughs> that the, one, right? Yeah, you know, and then then you fill it full of the little fake pirate gold coins. Right. Exactly. You know how cool that would be. That would be very that cool. That would be great. You yeah. Know. Uh, we'll, yeah. We'll see. Can, One day. You can imagine the like, and like he said, and he's mentioned before, and um, I listened to a couple of interviews that he did recently with some of the crazies. Let me tell you, um, he called them fin tubers. There's a whole fin tubing. Look, don't get us YouTubers. stalked by a group of crazy people, man. I ain't mentioning <laughs> right. that. <laughs> they might email to Gary, not me. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, not crazy, just uh, uh, enthusiastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like the fact that his, and we didn't get a chance to ask him, but the name of his book is Chasing the Thrill because it wasn't chasing the treasure. It's kind of yeah. chasing the thrill, which is really kind of what we yeah. do. We, we chase that, the thrill. I mean, absolutely correct. This basically, other than the million dollars, this was geocaching. Absolutely. This 100%. is what we all envision geocaching, you know, like those memes, like, here's what I do. Here's what my mom thinks I do. This is it. <laughs> this is exactly what it is. Other than the million dollars, this is what we all envision, you know, national treasure and all that other stuff. This is what yep. we envision when we're doing geocaching. Yeah. 
Right. That's still, that's that little meme, like you said, of yeah. what people think we're doing, but what, yeah. what we think we're doing versus what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's start ramping up for the the giveaway, and then we'll have some final thoughts. Uh, so get your um, hashtag chasing the thrill. Go ahead and get that in there, and um, we will give away one more of the book or audio. I will contact you and uh, ask you for which you prefer, and I will yeah. get that sent to you. Um, I like the audio books. Uh, that's just me personally. Um, I know some people want to hold a book in their hand. Absolutely. Um, there's, yes. he has a hardcover book, which I think is cool. And, uh, so you can't throw an audio book at burglars if they sneak in the middle of the night. So <laughs> no, this, that doesn't work very well. So uh, yeah, if you're in the book club, just thrill. go ahead and get it because you know, we're going to, we're going to dig into this one. Happy Hodag. No, you cannot win again, sir. No, you cannot. Uh, and I always think it's funny too when uh, somebody in the network puts it in, like last week when we did we giveaways. Like, no, yeah, Charles put it. Yeah, no, you can't win. Now, hold on, let me sign in under a fake account real quick. So I can <laughs> right. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, yeah. all right, let's let's do it. Let's give away a book. Let's do. Let's give away another another book. Here we go. Chasing the thrill. There it goes. It's spinning for all you audio listeners. We're spinning it. We're spinning it. I like how it pauses and makes you think that yeah. that person won. <laughs> oh, Tricassius. Oh, and speaking of, uh, we are giving one away for audio listeners too. So, oh, perfect. Yeah. So don't feel like you're getting the short. So how would an audio listener win this book, Gary? The audio listeners will get that if they tell me one of two major league baseball teams, one of the two that Dan mentioned tonight. He's worked for two different uh, – here he's covered two different major league baseball teams. So send me one of the two. You can send me both if you want, but it won't matter – I just need one. So if you're an audio listener and you'd like a chance at winning a, winning one of the books, tell me which of the two Major League Baseball teams he has covered in his career. Thank you very much. That is that. So Yeah, that's to email in, not to put in the chat room, although too late. Yeah, too late. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Audio that's listeners. Okay. That's okay. Uh, okay. I guess... Uh, final thoughts. I don't know if Derek wants to pop in and he's read the book too, but I don't know if he wants to, he's doesn't Derek wants to stay behind the scenes. He's stay behind the uh, scene. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys, I, what are y'all's, um, final thoughts? I have not Charles. Have you read the book yet? I have not. I've actually okay. tried to, I mean, when we lived in Wyoming and then again, when we moved to Colorado, mm -hmm. um, we actually had gone through and actually read the poem and tried to decipher it and tried to, figure out where, you know, where it was going to, I mean, there are limited places because he gives like, it's above so many thousand feet. So, you know, I had people at, at work in their spare time who did yes, GIS are, work. Yes, you are um, a listener. So, there yeah. you go. but you got to um, email me. <laughs> it, you know, they went in and made a map that blanked out all of the land below said wow. elevations and wow. stuff. Yeah. And so, 
you know, like we went in and, and tried to look at it and, and we had narrowed it down to it's either going to be in Colorado or Wyoming. Yeah. I had ruled out Montana and I had pretty much ruled out New Mexico based on some of the other things. But, yeah, I, you know, I'm excited to get the, the book and read it um, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot and, and see what there's there's so much that goes into this. Now, I've never went so far as to actually going out somewhere and looking. Um, you know, but that was, I mean, who, I don't know a geocacher that you don't mention the forest fin treasure and they're like, oh yeah, I looked at this poem. Be like, that's just, you know, that's, that's ingrained in, in what we do for fun, mm-hmm, you know? Right, right. Um, but I'm excited to get the book. It, it was exciting to listen to him talk about it and, you know, his firsthand experiences with meeting forest and, meeting um you know the was jack yeah the guy who found the treasure yeah and so it's 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 amazing you know in the pictures and just amazing to hear his firsthand accounts of this you know this was my favorite piece in the treasure and this and that and just Mm -hmm. you know just i'm excited it's you know laura was talking to me um earlier today about um, how she hadn't seen me actually pick up a book and, and read in, in quite a while. And so um, I may go out and buy this uh, on a hard, on a hardback cover yeah. and uh, sit down and read it. I, I really enjoy reading. And so, yeah, you know. I love this. It's a, it is a great read. Uh, he goes into, like I say, he mentions geocaching. He, he talks a little bit about um, some other treasure hunts in case you're interested. You know, he does talk about, Fisher and the, um, the treasure that was found that he found off the coast of Florida. So he goes into a little bit of, of conversation about that. Um, he goes into discussions about beep, his friend, and also a lady named Cynthia and, um, their hunts. We didn't really get into that tonight, but, uh, you know, he does go into that. There's some crazy, crazy, crazy people, not, 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 not the crazies that are like, dangerous crazy but i mean the people who are like we can all relate to in that they overthought like way overthought it i mean they were like yeah seeing they the, the one time he and we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but he 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 went to the one location and he's like oh if you look at the the side of this cliff you can start to make out the periodic table and you oh, know gosh. this would mean this it's like you know, and one of the things that we do know about what Jack Stoof said, which was, I, 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 he says, I read the poem. I calculated, like, like Charles said, I calculated places that it could not be. I narrowed it down. I listened to his interviews that, that, that he had done and looked for clues because uh, he did clue, you know, he did give out clues uh, when some of the people the people that died, um, there was a change that Forrest did as far as don't do this, don't do that. So he gave a whole series of things that you weren't supposed to do. Right. So he made notes of that. Uh, you know, it's, you know, do not climb down cliffs. I didn't do that. You know, uh, yeah, because yeah, you got to remember that he was in his 70s when oh, he yeah. hit it. 
I mean, and so he's 71, 72 when he hid this. Yeah. So you got to remember that it's, it's now he was probably a very capable bodied man, but he's still 72. Right. He didn't go. Yeah. He didn't go ice climbing down a water, a frozen waterfall in Yellowstone. And in he the had to be by himself, right? also, right? Like we know for a fact, he was by himself when he hit it. He didn't. Yeah, right. By himself, and he he went. Uh, and the one of the persons that died was died because they were basically repelling off of a cliff. It's like, what are you doing? This is not what you're supposed to be doing. That's yeah, the, so the thrill. You get caught yeah. up in the thrill and. That's actually the reason, like when you told yeah. me about this, we talked about this in the past, and um, that's actually the reason I didn't get into this one. Yeah, he was in his 80s. You're right. Because well, I get completely obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, extremely true. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a great book. Um, I'm glad we got to have him on the show. It's a little bit out of our norm, but I took a flyer. Uh, six months ago when the article came out and, and uh, Dan says he would be willing to come on and we tried to figure out a date and um, it it just, he says, well, the book comes out and, and we thought then was May. Uh, I think it did come out in May. And we said, let's pick a date. And we just, I just kind of kept in conversations with him over time. And I thought, again, it's a little different. It's not exact. He does not, he's not a geocacher, but I thought people would enjoy hearing about this. And so. Absolutely. Especially yeah. for a guy who was on the hunt and he actually got to hold the treasure. I thought now you, yeah, we all know. Uh, great. Yeah. yeah. This may not have been geocaching, but it's geocaching. It is. I thought. It, yeah. I mean, it's it. not a, it's, it's not a far leap to get from one to the other. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Scott. Know? Yeah. Scott says is, um, it is very geocaching. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Scott saying, thank you. Yep. Hit the like button. If you liked it, uh, Wait, I have a little look. I got a little uh I got a little graphic a little for it. Subscribe. Special subscribe button. Click the button and click the bell notification to let us know of when we do other shows. So, you like that? A little Fancy. <laughs> All right. We're we are wrapped up. Uh Derek, uh, hit the button for us, my friend. Your finds be many, and your DNFs be few. May the terrain and difficulty both be less than two. And whatever it is you're looking for, may it find its way to you. And may we all again folks we hope you've enjoyed the show tonight please email us your comment at geocachetalk at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on twitter instagram and facebook the show can be found on apple Podcasts, stitcher radio public or spotify as well as at the geocache talk website don't forget to click that subscribe button below and ring that bell notification so that you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis and tell your friends about the show get them involved with us in the chat room and until next week don't just talk about geocaching Go geocaching.